This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., writer and editor here at the Peninsula Pulse. And today I'm talking to Sam Watson, one of our reporters here. She's been here creeping up on a year, about eight, nine months now here at The Pulse. And I want to talk to her a little bit about this wide range of stuff she covers for us and kind of getting her feet wet as a Door County young adult getting through her first winter in Door County. So Sam, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're like, I have to. You're my boss. <laughs> <laughs> this was not an option. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you also for joining our team here now, almost eight months in, I think. And you are going through your first winter in Door County after going to college at University of Wisconsin-Madison. How's it been going for you? It's definitely a little bit quieter here. Um, <laughs> it's It's been good, though. I've actually had time to, like, pick up hobbies, which I've basically oh. never had time for before because I was always so busy in school and high school before that. Okay, um, so we got to work you harder. You, if you right. have time for hobbies, we're not <laughs> That is unacceptable. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, so th- that's been weird because I actually, like, have time to figure out what I like doing when I'm not, you know. Doing, doing work and schoolwork all the time. Were you like a hardcore studier in high school and college? Yes, like very much really so. Really good student? Yeah, yeah, an aggressively good student. <laughs> so Overachiever? Yeah, a little bit. And then I was involved in like, I mean, in college I was obviously part of the um, newspaper and then in high school I was in plays. And so it was. I always had a very busy schedule. I didn't know you had a little bit of a theater background in you. Yeah, yeah. I was planning to do that more in college, but it kind of dropped off after high school. Yeah. So. And you wrote for the Badger Herald. I did, yeah. College, yeah. The better I, newspaper. I, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was a cardinal guy in okay. my, my year down there. That's okay. And uh, the Herald <laughs> kicked the crap out of us. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Admit it, yeah. <laughs> they mocked us on April Fool's Day down there and did like a mock oh. edition of the cardinal called the Dirty Bird. Right. Rather humiliating, but but true. Um <laughs> So now what are, what are some of these hobbies? Oh gosh. Are you Um, knitting? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. Actually, I made a a hat and a scarf so far and I'm working on a a cardigan, which feels like a huge jump, (laughs) but yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. Are these for your cat? Helpful. No, no. You know, that's, I could branch off though. So that's (laughs) that's definitely a project idea for the future. (laughs) Well, those are healthy habits. There are other hobbies slash habits slash vices (laughs) that one could fall into in the winter up here. So that's, For sure. that's a pretty healthy one of all the ones you could choose. <laughs> exactly. So you live in Sister Bay. Yep. We'll get to a rather unique housing situation you've stumbled into. But yes. you found after we hired you, then it was like, okay, now I got to find a house. Right. So how did that process go at first? Was it kind of scary? And did you anticipate how hard it is to find? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Cause when I moved to Door County, I had only been up here once. So I had no idea. Like I didn't know basically anything about Door County. Like when my parents asked me about it, like after I got the job, they were like, oh, well, you know, like, do you have, do you know the area? Do you have any kind of, and I was like, nope, I know that it's a tourist thing. That's, that's <laughs> the extent of my knowledge. So yeah, when I came up here, I mean, I really had no idea that housing would be a problem at all. So starting that search was 
a lot. <laughs> then was, you found all the really nice high-rise apartment complexes. Oh, right, for, and affordable for people just getting started. Exactly, yeah, we have a lot of options that way. Exactly. But you, it's not like you're a stranger to Wisconsin. You, right. Mequon? No, uh, West Wa- Bend. West Bend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're all. Yeah, they're birds. all the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. But kind of interesting that you just had no, not a lot of familiarity yep. with Door County. So when you right. decided to take the job with us, what made you do it? Obviously, <laughs> anyone coming out of journalism school is like. I just need a job. Yeah. There aren't a lot of those jobs anymore. So there's probably some bit of that. But like what gave you the the instinct and the kind of like guts to go, all right, I'm going to go and work in this small town in a place I've, I really have no familiarity with. Because a lot of the people that we hire have some level of, you know, I came here in summer with, with my grandparents or my parents or there's a, a relative up here. But there's not as many that just come in here. Stone cold. Well, like you said, it is difficult to get like a reporting job, especially as a new reporter, like freshly out of school. So that was definitely part of it. But I did have a couple offers from a couple different places that I had applied to. And I chose Door County because, you know, I was researching all these different places and all the other ones that I had gotten offers for in Wisconsin were kind of middle of nowhere, but yeah. not not in the way that Door County is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like these are these are things where I'm like, you know, I'm I'm looking at these towns and I'm thinking like, man, that's probably gonna be a struggle to like, you know, get into the local culture or like yeah. But, you know, with Door County, there's so many opportunities, there's so many groups and art and, you know, all this stuff that would make it a little bit easier to, you know, transition from, you know, a big urban city like Madison sure. um, to a smaller town. I had a friend in college. He went to ASU, finished his college, gets his first reporting job. He was a TV reporter. Mm. And that pays nothing either. I think he was yeah. making like 15000 at the time. And it was in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Oh, and we stopped and visited him once on our way back from Mardi Gras, and it was the first time I ever had this instinct that I I needed to to break a friend out of someplace <laughs> and rescue. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, he's, he just got like a, a like an arrow bed on the floor and a TV on the floor, no furniture, and he's like, I got to get out of here as soon as I can. Yeah. <laughs> got to put in my time and go. He's exactly. like, the big story yeah. here is when people break out of prison in North Texas, oh. they always come through our town. Oh That's gosh. our annual thing. <laughs> right, but so yeah, you could end up in a lot of. There are worse places right. to be in a small town, right? You For have, sure. You have the culture, you have the arts, you have music. Even in the winter, you have a little bit of it, not <laughs> exactly. quite the summer. And that's what you've been diving into a lot for us. You've you've been covering municipalities, local government, which is always both boring and really interesting if you, if you get in the right <laughs> frame of mind. But then you've done a lot of reporting on galleries, a lot of music profiles, some food profiles type stuff for us. What has it been like trying to... You know, some places you might start a job and you are you have a beat and you are laser focused on one area. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not as common today as it might have been 10, 15 years ago, but that's a lot of first time jobs. Mm-hmm. You're doing a little bit of everything. Right. That's honestly kind of what I was hoping for in, you know, my first job out of college, because like I want to be able to get like a lot of experience, see what I like, what I don't like in, you know, all these different like fields and beats. But it's funny because when I started here, I was mostly like Bailey's Harbor because it was like the summer season and there was more stuff happening. And we also had more people at that time. I was mostly theater, Bailey's Harbor, live music which it has expanded a lot since then, <laughs> my scope. But yeah, so it's it's been cool kind of just adding things to my, my repertoire. And you've been doing, you do the events calendar for us, which mm-hmm. was one of the ways I got started at the Pulse 20 years ago was doing the events calendar. What have you been finding doing that? Like you, you've been pretty good about, hey, this looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Should I write a story on this? 
And so what is it that pops out to you or what doing that events calendar kind of shown you about the peninsula scene? I mean, there are constantly art things happening. Like that is one of the subjects that I report on that I really never have to like look far or look long <laughs> for because there's always stuff going on. And a lot of that is in the events calendar and a lot of that is online. But yeah, I think that was that was the big thing. There's just like this range of things. And even when I was getting started on this, having grown up here, I was doing the calendar. I'm like, what is this group? What is yeah. this thing at the JC Hall? Where is the JC Hall? I don't even know what this is. Or So I would sometimes go around and so I'm going to try this random thing this week. Mm. And, you know, one of my goals was to do one thing a week. Mm. I never, I could never consistently do it, but just, just throw yourself into a different spot and go, well, let's just find out what this is all about. And some of it was as lame as it sounded. <laughs> and some of it was way cooler than I, I thought right. it sounded. Or you just meet somebody who's got this really fascinating interest. Mm. I know a guy submitted something on a model train group mm. a few weeks ago. And it's the first time I had seen that. And I ended up getting in touch with them trying to, rehabilitate a family heirloom model train right now. And then I was like, wow, there's this whole underground of people up here who are just super interested and do really cool stuff with their Mm. model railroading, which is way over my head after I met with a couple (laughs) of them. I'm like, I just need this thing to move. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, it's just cool. There's all these different, different hobbies and every Mm. place has that, but I think it's more concentrated Mm. here, I would guess, especially compared to some of the other places you were looking at. Yeah, for sure. A first-time journalism job. <laughs> for sure. What's been the hardest part of oh, winter, especially? Of winter. I think a lot of it is, like you said, getting yourself out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I, and especially because I'm such an introvert, like, I love to just hibernate. Like, <laughs> so it's it's been hard to kind of, like, break myself out of that and, you know, make myself actually go outside and talk to people <laughs> and stuff like that, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it, we talked about this in the office the other day. There's just not... And this comes up in a lot of conversations I have. There's there's the bar scene, mm-hmm. which anybody who listens to this knows that I'm a fan of a good dive bar <laughs> and having a beer and just taking up conversation there. But there's not a lot of coffee shop options, really, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the wintertime, especially, or in the evenings. And when you're in Madison or Milwaukee or Chicago, I, I used to do so much of my writing in the afternoon, evening at coffee shops mm-hmm. from like four o'clock to nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Me That's too. not an option for anybody. You can go and do that at a bar and I've done that, but it's really <laughs> hard to write consistently. I can imagine sitting yeah. in a bar. So that's one thing that I would imagine for someone like you coming from Madison is a bit like, all right, what's the evening option besides this? Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot quieter than I'm used to. <laughs> like the, the first week or so that we are here, because my previous apartment in Madison was like right off the main drag. And it was just loud all the time. Like there was constant like sirens and like, you know, people yelling, bottles breaking, you know, just like all hours of the day. And so that had kind of become my background noise. And mm-hmm. so moving up here the first week or so, I just could not sleep because it was so quiet because <laughs> I, you know, I live in a suburb now in Sister Bay and it was just, I was like, man, like I feel like, like I'm going a, crazy. Did you just say you live in a suburb now in Sister Bay? <laughs> or suburb? I, I guess that's, that's what... Is that not what you'd call it? Well, I, I would call it a neighborhood, but I okay. just like... like Suburban. <laughs> Suburban sister base. So right, you, right. I'm thinking of where you live, and I, I won't like give away your address to anybody. But I like, appreciate um, that. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking of that as a suburb every time I drive through. <laughs> but you also have kind of a weird housing situation. And I this sure do. illustrates a lot of what young people in all walks, whether you're in a quote-unquote professional job like this or a seasonal job... 
trying to find a house, mm. trying to be here year round, explain what your housing settlement was when you finally found something. The only place that my partner and I could find that was relatively in our price range was this former, I mean, it's still a vacation home, but this house up in Sister Bay, the owners still use it as a vacation home one month out of the year. So our lease was for 11 months and they come back for that one month. So we and all of our stuff have to be out of their hair for the month of July, which I'm sure as most of you know, is like one of the busiest tourist months of the year. (laughs) So we kind of had to go on this adventure of trying to find housing for just that month. So first I I called. And there's a lot of cheap stuff available in July. There is not, unfortunately. (laughs) Actually, you know, because we were calling around on like campsites, hotels, motels, you know, everything that we could think of. And the cheapest accommodation that we found was a one-room motel room for $4,000 for the month. And so we were like, you know, that's that's a little bit out of our price range. So Fortunately, as a fresh out of college student from Madison, we pay you six figures. The big so bucks, that was yeah. No right. problem at all. <laughs> yeah, I was like four thousand, yeah, whatever. But yeah, so that was that was a no from us, but we kept looking and then we actually ended up or I ended up posting on Facebook about, you know, the situation to a couple local Door County groups and I just got so many responses. I I didn't expect the amount of people who are reaching out and offering, you know, their RVs or their trailers or their, you know, vacation homes. One person reached out who owned a a short-term rental and said you could have a, you know, a discounted rate for the month, Hmm. which, you know, I thought that was really impressive actually, because, you know, that's probably one of your busiest months and one of your, you know, highest paying months of the year. So anyway, we eventually connected with this older couple in Bailey's Harbor and yeah, we're, we're staying in their farmhouse for the month. So we're making it work. (laughs) And that happened really fast because you posted this in our internal Slack and I'm like, okay, I got to start working See who's got something. Yeah. Because I, I figured the same thing. Like somebody must have an RV or something around. But right. unfortunately, we as the Pulse do not own a housing unit outside of our, our property here in Bailey's Harbor. Right. It is because I, I imagine some listeners are like, why don't you do what everyone else does, Miles, and, and buy buy housing for your employees? Which sadly is what a lot of businesses have had to do up here right. to make it work. Yeah. That is something we have looked into several times and then... COVID probably put the brakes on that for us for a while. Right. But this is precisely why, because we've had a lot of interns over the years, a lot of first-time employees who just didn't work out because if they don't have that family connection here, it can be really hard to get a foot, pardon this terrible pun, but a foot in the door here. Right. But that's great. Like you found a lot of people offering up solutions to somebody that they don't even know. Yeah. It was really honestly touching to see how many people were reaching out. Because like when I made that Facebook post, I expected, you know, a couple suggestions for hotels to reach out to. But I mean, the amount of people who are offering like literally their own property and their own homes was really awesome. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Well, that that is great. And I remember you posted like, 
this has totally restored my faith in both humanity <laughs> and social media because it can work for good once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, like Facebook, it's, you know, half of that is just like arguments and people being mad at oh, each yeah. other. So it's it's nice to see people come together like that. Speaking of Facebook, yeah. I'm not young anymore. You are. <laughs> Is this like the only way you use Facebook at this point is to find housing? Like, do you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only like weird situations like this that I would ever use Facebook. I think I posted like the last personal post that I made, I think was when I got this job because I just, I didn't <laughs> want to like text all my family and friends about it. Yeah. It is. It's funny how it works in that it has transitioned from this new thing that everyone had to figure yeah. out and it was a cool place you had to be and you had to kind of learn this language of it. And it really is. In its best case scenario now, it's probably a situation like yours. Right. Like sort of a, a community neighborhood watch sort of function. Right. Definitely. It is helpful for those things. Someone needs an answer to something or a resource. It can be helpful. But other than that, like you don't want to go to it. <laughs> right. like you don't feel good. You don't get no. excited to go to it. It's always like, oh, I got to do it. Like even... Yep. There's been so many days I've thought about like, God, I just don't want this on my phone. I don't even want the instinct to go there because all it does is make me feel worse about my community or friends that I, I was like, oh, I didn't know you would post that. Or, right, exactly. Like, I'd, I'd rather just be your friend who did, never knew that about you. Yeah, no, exactly. I actually had to delete TikTok for my mental health because it was just, I mean, it was making me crazy. I was like, I was yeah. going, I was spending, you know, three hours a day just scrolling on TikTok and it's yep. like, I'm not getting anything out of this. This isn't making me like a, a better, happier person. It's just dopamine. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My healthiest nights of sleep are when I can leave my phone in the other room and I right, try to yeah. do that. But then, you know, we have two young kids, so you're always like checking in on their room or watching mm. the, the little camera in their room. Yeah. And it's, but I'm like, I got to find a way to just put this in a, in a drawer so I don't you know. do the scrolling right before bed. Like, just read a damn book or write <laughs> exactly. a journal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now that you write so much for us, several articles a week, you're probably in like the four to five articles a week. Yeah. Not I'm, counting what you do for the events calendar and other things. Yeah. I'm sneaking up on 200. So, wow. Yeah. Well, don't get too many bylines too fast because then you're going to want to leave. Um, <laughs> you're be like, I'm going to use all these bylines to go get another job, um, which is how it works. But do you do much writing for yourself anymore? I have a journal. So I've been doing that pretty consistently. I That was one of my New Year's resolutions, actually, because I have tried to start a journal so many times and it has always failed. Like I've, I've written one day and then I just, you know, forget about it. But I've I've been going pretty consistently this year. So, yeah? Yeah. Mine just fell off the planet. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, if I, <laughs> if I die one day, they're going to find, like, oh, man, he all these journals from, like, age 20 or probably, like, 16 <laughs> to about 25, and then they're going to be like, this is horrible, dribbled, burn this. Uh, in fact, I might do that tomorrow. But... <laughs> Then it'll be like, wow, his life ended at 25. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if we don't have any government records, it'll just assume I died at 25. Because that's like when all your writing all day goes into the paper yeah. and into news, it's just really hard to come home and and do it. Even right. though if I do get myself to do it, it still remains cathartic. Like it's, yeah. it's just like it's therapy. For sure. In yeah. a lot of ways. Feel free to, to pause on this for a second as you think about this and try not to offend anybody. Okay. <laughs> Give me like three of the most interesting stories or people you've met or written about. Mm -hmm. Well, the the first one that popped in my mind was Lee Maltz. We just 
did a story on him like last week or I mean that I just ran in the paper but yeah so he made this whole fantasy island it's called New Island there are like he made all these maps for it you know road maps paintings pictures coins stamps flags like all this stuff and you know a whole like history that he's written out about this this island that he made up so that was really cool just seeing how much time and effort he's dedicated into that and like how many different things that he's learned how to do because you know he was at first he was a painter but then you know he's trying to learn how to make maps and he has to learn how to you know make a a flag like you know stuff like that so it's that was a really interesting one and this is the artist whose work is on display at the miller at the miller uh the the m3 okay yeah connected with the miller that was a really cool one And and he's selling plots Yes, yes, plots of land. (laughs) It's really cool. Um, So it's like people can actually buy land on the island and then Hale Lee will develop it for them however they want. You know, if they want to start a bookstore or, you know, make a house or whatever, Lee will send them, you know, the blueprints of their their new house, you know, on New (laughs) Island. And yeah, I mean, people spend, you know, significant amounts of money on this. So it's on this imaginary little island. Yeah, yeah. I guess it allows you to dream about right. living exactly. in this other place. Exactly, yeah. I, think I that's... wonder if he's, you know, it's in Sturgeon Bay, so he's probably implementing some uh, tax increment financing districts into the plan now <laughs> and repair those blighted neighborhoods on the island. But yeah, when I was reading, when you came back with that, and I'm like, okay, here's a story about an exhibit at the at the Miller and then as I started reading, I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. This is wild. Right, so. exactly. I, I had the same process. So. <laughs> no, artists, artists always got to find a way. But yeah, that was one of the, the more fascinating ones I've seen you do. What yeah. else? How riveting are those Bailey's Harbor Town board meetings? Oh, you know, so riveting. Honestly, it's... It's something where in the beginning, when I first started this job, they were boring, but I feel like they've gotten more interesting. Like the more I like know about the people who are involved and, you know, like the actual laws and like what they're talking about. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it gets more and more interesting the more you know. I never thought that I would be getting fired up over parking lot ordinances, but, you know, (laughs) here we are. So (laughs) you are, you might be very rapidly becoming a local if you're, if you're getting interested (laughs) in parking, then that's the main thing. Oh man. I think back to when I was maybe even a couple of years older than you covering some of my first meetings and going in there and being like, cause you, you go in and you feel like you have to, you got to kind of fake it and act like yeah, you know all this yep. stuff and you don't want to be the one who asks stupid questions. Yep. And then you sit there and they talk in acronyms yeah. all the time. Oh my gosh. I and, know. And you're thinking I'm a reporter. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know, the like PUDs and all these things mm-hmm. and the average resident that attends these things, probably doesn't know what half the conversation is about unless it's specific to something they care about because nobody ever stops and explains it. Like Mm -hmm. they'll throw out an acronym 40 times in an hour and nobody ever says, oh, for those of you listening in or in the audience, this is a planned unit development. Just so you know, that's what that, what we're referring to. They never do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like a couple of the first board meetings that I went to here I didn't know what an STR was and nobody explained it. And so I was like Googling it during the meeting and I was like, oh man, I wish somebody had just spelled out the acronym. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There there should be like an ombudsman at each meeting that just like chimes in and it's like a parenthetical aside. (laughs) For the audience. (laughs) They provide that for us. (laughs) That'd actually be really good. I mean, the other thing that would get me is, you know, town of Gibraltar when I would cover them. 
<laughs> and this is still the case. It's a bunch of people who've been there really, well, not all of them, but at, at various points, Gibraltar Soundboard has been made up of a lot of people who've been there a very long time. Yes. So when they would start talking about topics, they'd start like mentioning names of people who've been dead for 28 years or <laughs> exactly. something like that. Like, oh, when Ray used to mow that lawn over there or when so-and-so <laughs> was chair, you know, I think we decided that we were going to move that rock because, of, and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's I have no idea where this conversation just went, and we were talking about sewer lines. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that reminds me of a conversation I just had with the couple whose whose house I'm moving into for July. The husband <laughs> asked me and my partner if we knew. I think I forget the name, but it was it was something like Kelly from Sister Bay. And I was like, I <laughs> like like that's a whole like town of like a thousand people. <laughs> like I'm sure there's multiple Kellys, but I was like, no, I, I don't I don't recognize that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're from Door County. You know John? Yeah, exactly. I was like, what? But yeah, I'll, I'll have to be here longer to, to know. But all it is like something that. that even my wife and I, and she's only been full-time member of the community for almost six years now. Yeah. But if we meet people that are under the age of 45 who we don't know, we still feel kind of shocked. Like <laughs> when I was when I was younger, you did know all of them because you all went yep. to the bars together. You all were doing the same things, going to the Y and stuff. And now you're like, wow, there's... There's whole communities of people that I do not know. Right. Yeah, that's got to be weird. It's always exciting when we see, you know, another person under 30, like me, like my partner and I. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're here. <laughs> oh, lucky day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. What else? Give me one more story. This was a while ago now, but Sunflowered, that oh, musical, yeah. that was just such a cool process to, like, get to kind of tune into. The author of the play, she was the playwright, the main character, and the the composer of all the music, LaCrissa Grandberry. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, okay, I, I hope that's correct. But that, that was that was months ago now. But it was just so, so cool to see how much she had, like, poured into this musical. I mean, I can't even imagine just being, like, the star of a musical, much less the person, you know writing your own lyrics, writing your own songs and directing everything. Like that's just insane to me. But yeah, so that was that was just such a cool thing to work on. And she's such a just a great person to like talk to too because I mean she's very humble about all that she's accomplished. Like I could, you know, I could see where that would easily go to your head, like of all this, <laughs> you know, like I basically made this musical and made it happen. But, you know, she's just very humble about it. So it's she's really cool to talk to. And, and she's just like this great personality. Oh you, can, you can see yeah. how she makes something like that happen because she just for sure. She's got this energy and you can like, you know, you meet certain people and you're like, wow, people are going to gravitate. You're like a yeah, magnet. For and, sure. And wherever that ball is rolling, like people are going to roll with it. Exactly. Um, there are a few like Owens that way and, and mm-hmm. she's that way. But also like to take that man to, to put that much out there in a small town too. I know. Yeah. And then, you know, that was a big step out for Northern Sky Theater mm-hmm. to do a, a different kind of play, a different kind of cast than they've been traditionally doing. And you know, it's on her shoulders to make it great. Yeah, you know? for sure. And hopefully we see more of that up here in theater, music, and everything else. What is it like trying to get your feet settled in a community like this, coming from the outside without, like, a, a built-in friends group? Like, <laughs> like, we have, take Rachel Lucas, our photographer, does, sure. has been doing a great job for us in, in her second year now with us. But she had some college friends Mm -hmm. that she had at least a small network of people that she knew and had been familiar with coming up here. And it's still hard to kind of find where you fit in any community, Mm -hmm. but you're coming in without some of those connections. So how hard have you found it to try and kind of break in or not hard? It's, it's been difficult. I think 
a large part of it too is my partner and I are just such such introverts. <laughs> so it, it, it's not easy, you know, like kind of getting yourself out there and talking to people. Um, but I mean, I think we've been trying. Like it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's hard, especially when you know it seems like it's such a kind of close-knit community and you know everybody kind of knows everybody and everybody has their their groups and whatever so that that has been a little bit difficult to break into but it's nice also that there are such you know so many events all the time and like so many clubs and stuff that you can join and like volunteer opportunities so there are a lot of ways to meet people so that's always good and hobbies Exactly. Exactly. You know, if all that fails, I can go home and and knit a cardigan. Back in the early days of Netflix, I spent a good chunk of one winter, like when it was mind blowing. This might have been before you were born. Uh, (laughs) But when you could get three discs at once and you would would actually subscribe and they would send the DVDs to you before streaming. This is the thing. So before there was streaming, (laughs) there were actually several iterations before that. There There were little video cassettes. And then there were DVDs and there were okay. laser discs. <laughs> okay, okay. I did um, have the the a VCR player when I was Oh, you did. Little, all right. So all right. I'm not I'm not that young. <laughs> but you could get 3 at a time. And if you paid more, you could get 5 at a time. And they would send them to you and once you send one back, they'd send the new one to you. Yep. And I spent a a winter first devouring all the Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. Okay. Which if you do that for a couple of weeks straight, you can go into a really weird headspace. And <laughs> then sounds like it, yeah. Also going through like a bunch of classic movies. Mm, okay. one, one winter I did, caught up on a lot of those and I was like, oh, that's where all these sayings come from. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's there's a lot of downtime. For sure, yeah. And <laughs> when you're young in Door County. Exactly. There's plenty of things to binge watch, though. So the lesson I take from this podcast is we need to assign you about twice as much work just to <laughs> yeah. fill those hours. So, right, right, exactly. But, well, Sam, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking about your life in Northern Door. <laughs> for sure. first winners up here. Hope it wasn't too painful. It wasn't. And <laughs> thanks for all the great work you're doing here. I mean, and the great writing you're doing. I'm really looking forward to seeing where you go as your your feet get a little deeper in this community, so... Me too. (laughs) And that is it for the Door County Pulse podcast this week. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again really soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at the Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.